afternoon. Welcome into the NBA show. Thanks for joining us. I'm Kate Constable, and I'm joined with our expert NBA handicappers, Chris Farley and Josh C. We had 13 games on the slate last night, gentlemen. Josh, you and I, unfortunately, didn't have things quite go our way. I went 1-2. and two. You went 0-4. Oh Those numbers are not great by any means, but nights like this happen more often than people might think in this industry, even for professionals. Yeah, it's part and parcel, I think, of, of sports betting. I think that's the harsh reality of it, and unfortunately... You have these nights and they're not anomalies by any stretch of the imagination either. And so learning to cope with them, I think, is probably one of the hardest parts of adjusting to being a sports better full time, to be honest. And, you know, understanding the process and still being able to trust your process as a result of these things uh, going forward is probably paramount to any success you have within the industry. So it's hard to shrug it off sometimes. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we're all still human beings at the end of the day and it certainly has its emotional impact, I think it's fair to say. But at the same time, you know, it's it's pretty important to disconnect on a day-to-day -day and understand that yesterday was yesterday. And like you said, it's a long, long season. So this roller coaster isn't ending anytime soon. Um, but as long as you have more ups than downs in the long run, you'll be fine. And that's obviously what we're aiming to do here. Having a short memory is oftentimes something that People tell athletes they have to do all the time, but we, we might not be athletes. We might not be in the same um, condition that they're in or, you know, be able to jump as high, but we also have to have short memories. So that's what we will do today. We'll forget about yesterday and look forward. Chris, I hope you had a better night than Josh and I last night. It, it wasn't too great for me either. It was just a weird night in the NBA. It, it just felt like that. I, I was in the Rockets too, Josh. I was in the Pacers. Uh, I did pull the trigger on the Kings, thank God. I thought I thought that was a good spot, but for some reason I just didn't didn't pull the trigger on that one. But yeah, jo Josh, you know, said it all. We have to really, you got to manage these things. And you know, we were talking before the show too. You know, in this industry, you can't uh, judge a handicapper by one game or even one week of games or one month. I mean, it's a long term game, and I know in the long term these guys win. And and you know, happy to be a, a part of this show with long term winners. That's what it's all about, the long term. That's right. And if we take a look at our overall record, we're still uh, in the positive here. So one bad night isn't going to uh, deter us at all. We're still 66 and 54, well above 500. I personally am sitting at 500. Chris is 20 and 12. Josh, 14 and 13. And then Alex, who is with us a couple times a week, he's sitting at 16 and 13. Overall, we're still looking great, though, guys, um, and in for a better night tonight. Join us in betting. Use the code uh, NBA2022 when you head over to BetUS. Um, sign up. Use that promo code. You'll get a big 125% sign-up bonus. And as we go along through the show, send us in your questions in the chat feature. We'll get those answered towards the end of the show. We'll start today with the Toronto Raptors. They're in Philadelphia to take on the 76ers. Sixers are a three-point favorite at home. Total is sitting at 210 and a half. Toronto's coming off of a loss last night to the Celtics. So this isn't an ideal spot for the Raptors. They're in a back-to-back. -back. They've lost their last three. Josh, despite the Raptors' recent struggles and, and the situation they're in tonight with little rest, you like the Raptors to cover the three tonight. Why is that? I do like the Raptors. Uh, the market is up to a four now as well for everyone that's looking to jump on. We have obviously confirmation Tobias Harris is back for Philadelphia. Pascal Siakam out for Toronto. 
doesn't necessarily move the needle a whole lot for me either way there. I still come out closer to a two, two and a half here. So if you can grab a four, I think there's good value on Toronto. I don't think it's the hardest schedule spot in the world. I think they managed their minutes quite well against Boston, just given the way that game started to pan itself out. I actually do wonder as well whether removing Siakam from the rotations gets us that best version of Toronto again. And we see that time and time again where a team starts well, sort of tries to reintroduce a key part of the rotation and things don't quite go so smoothly. And that's, I think, what we've seen for Toronto so far. And it's not necessarily a reflection on the player themselves. And, you know, it's it's everyone sort of having to adjust their roles a little bit. So maybe simplifying things for Toronto gets the best out of them. I think the Sixers as well, you know, they've got the most efficient offense in the NBA, which is remarkable. Um, but at, at some point, I think things are going to catch up with them a little bit. We're going to see some regression from them, especially shooting the basketball. You know, they are going well, truly above what's projected and expected of them in that department. I don't know that they've faced a defense quite like Toronto yet either. You look at that schedule, I think, you know, on paper, according to defensive metrics anyway, the best defense they've faced is the Nets so far this season. Um, so this is going to be an entirely different test for them. Even with Tobias Harris back in, it does give them a primary sort of focal point offensively. Uh, but again, I wonder, you know, a player missing that much time, it's going to take a little bit of time, I think, for him to quite find his feet again. Seth Curry, a big one, still questionable as well. For me, like I said, I think with no Joel Embiid, I'm not too sure that the 76ers own any clear and a notable advantage offensively against this, Raptor, uh, this Raptors defense. So I do like Toronto to keep it close. I do think we're going to get a better version of them today than what we got from them in Boston last night. As such, I do think the four is probably too much, given that, like I said, I make this probably closer to a two, two and a half. The Raptors rank 25th in points in the restricted area. So if Joel Embiid was playing, that would be a little bit more of a clear edge in terms of him being able to dominate uh, down low. But obviously he is not in tonight. Chris, the Raptors started the season slow. Then they rattled off five wins in a row. Now they've dropped their last three. So this is a pretty streaky team that the Sixers are facing tonight. Yeah, very streaky team. I'm not sure what that's all about uh, because I was ready to jump on the Raptors bandwagon there for a little bit. Now they lost their past three games. Uh, but this is still is still a good team predicated on a good defense. They're especially good against guards. Uh, and it's going to be an interesting matchup tonight with Tyrese Maxey, who's re- just really playing well. I mean, he's getting better and better, it seems. He's, he has more confidence out there at that position in Danny Green's spot. He scored 31 points uh, two nights ago against the Bucks. So, you know, he's maybe in, you know, draft or uh, fantasy lineups. Maybe he's someone good to look up. But uh, could be an interesting matchup here tonight because I don't know if he's going to have the same success against this Raptors defense. Even though Embiid's not in this game, I would also look, you know, talking about props a lot now. But uh, Andre Drummond could have a big night. Now, the Raptors not as good down in the paint on defense. Uh, but that being said, I'm, I'm on Josh's side if I would lean on any side in this one because I think I don't think it's a bad spot for the Raptors either. Siakam not in this game is an interesting angle as well because right he played his first game last night he did okay but it kind of it kind of mixes up the offense a little bit you know maybe some spacing issues with that i like og adenobi to have a better game tonight you know kind of had a lackluster night last night i think he only scored like 14 points six for 14 from the field i'm pretty sure uh so you know with no siakam that creates a bigger role for him so I'm looking at Ananobi prop bet over uh, I've, I've saw in some spots you can get him for like 17 18 I'm not sure what it is I bet US but uh, I I like him anything up to 20 I think he's going to get in the 20s tonight uh you know I think he's going to shoulder the, the the load for this Raptors team and kind of go back to the spot that he was 
before Siakam came back. Um, but this this it should be a close game. I'm also watching to see if Seth Curry is going to play tonight. He's been a difference maker. Um, you know, he's he's going to regress too. I mean, shooting 58 is is quite a mark, you know, so far. So that can't continue. Uh, but he's been very very consistent. A lot looking a lot like his brother. A lot a lot more like his brother. Uh, so if he's in the game tonight, that's a boost for their offense. But I I uh, I feel like the Raptors are are a sneaky play here against a really good Sixers team. But the Raptors match up well against these guards, and you know Andre Drummond can't play the entire game. So uh, I think you know I think I think this should be a pretty close game. You mentioned Andre Drummond. He's had 25 and 20 rebounds the last two games. So as a starter with Joel Embiid being out, he has dominated inside. So another prop, I know you mentioned Tim earlier as a prop to look at, but uh, Andre Drummond rebounds might be um, something to look at. And maybe the market is a little overreacting with those last two numbers. I'm not sure uh, how much longer he'll be able to be putting up 25 rebounds a night. That's pretty impressive. Looking at our official picks for this game, Josh is the only one with the play here. He is taking the Raptors plus three. I'm sorry, I said minus three earlier when I when I introduced it. P- Raptors plus three. There we go. I'll take minus three as well. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Talk me into it. <laughs> All right, turning our attention to the Indiana Pacers. They're in Utah tonight to take on the Jazz. Pacers are coming off of a loss last night in Denver. They were favored to win that game because the Nuggets were without Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. But the Nuggets were the ones winning by three when when it was the Pacers who were favored by three. So now they have the tall task of heading to Utah to take on the Jazz, who are a 10-point favorite at home. Totals 216. I'll start with this one because I'm the only one with an official play here. I like the Jazz minus 10. That's a big number. I'm much more comfortable with where it opened at minus nine, but I'm going to play it here at minus 10. Just a better rest spot for the Jazz with the Pacers playing last night and having to travel. The Jazz also just play so well at home. 4-0 at home this year. 3-0 against the spread when they have the rest advantage. And that's all on top of them being a top five in both offensive and defensive rating. So we know what we're going to get with the Jazz. We don't always know what we're going to get with the Pacers. And and that's what I'm going to bank on tonight is knowing what we're going to get with the Jazz. Chris, how do you trust the Pacers team after the performance that we saw from them last night? Yeah, it was one of my favorite plays last night, and that was just really disappointing. Uh, they had some opportunities there at the end to almost almost come back again, and it just didn't happen. Uh, I don't know, you know, they're not a great defense, obviously, in many of these spots, but they shot 50%, nearly 50% from the field last night. I mean, you would think if you're shooting that well, you're going to at least be playing from ahead most of the game, but that just wasn't the case. Nuggets without uh, Jokic, it's just like pretty prime spot for the Pacers there to pick up a win. They just didn't do it. Um, they also significantly out-rebounded the Nuggets in that game. I think they were up like 18 rebounds in that game or something. So I just, you know, I don't have too much to say about this game because the Pacers just annoy me so much. Uh, like I want to depend on them, but I just, I, I cannot, you know, I mean, this is a big number, right? This is a big number in the NBA. It's a double digit number. Uh, so you, you kind of want to play on the Pacers because of the talent that they have. Even without uh, Chris Levert, who I think was just announced as out in this game, or maybe it was, um, I think he was questionable at some point, but uh, he's definitely going to be out tonight. So that probably makes a difference in their offense. Uh, but they, you know, they have a plenty of talent. It just, it just doesn't always result in wins or even in close games. Now you have the Jazz at home. You said it, Kay. This is a great team at home. in three and one ATS at home already. Uh, my number has this around minus eight, so it's a no play for me. 
just because I don't want to go with the Pacers in this spot. Uh, but that being said, I mean, I, I think you're on the right spot, Kate. I will, I will just give you this little stat. You know, we can't put too much into stats like this, but the Pacers are 8-1 and one against the spread in their last nine games against a team with a winning record. Uh, so they, you know, they, they do step up, right? There are some trends going towards the, the Pacers, but it's just, it just doesn't feel as consistent enough because when they have good spots, they just tend to blow it. So maybe this is a better dog team. I don't know, uh, but I, I just I just can't play either side. It's a huge number, and the Pacers, like I said, are just so annoying. So I'm not staying away from it. Chris, you weren't on the show yesterday, but Josh and I talked with Alex that that was a game that for the Pacers to win because they're yep. without the Nuggets are without Jokic, they're without MPJ, and then they're going to Utah to face the Jazz the next night. Like that was the opportunity to win that yep. game, and they blew it. Josh, we were all so high on the Pacers yesterday. Who knows what happened with them, but how comfortable are you going to be betting on them moving forward? Yeah, not very. Um, they are a really frustrating team. I think Chris sort of nailed it perfectly in so many ways. They're, they're, they're a team that's clearly playing below the sum of their parts at the moment. Um, it's clear that the ceiling for this team is much higher than what we've seen. And I think a lot of people are expecting and just waiting for it to come together. And it's not necessarily happening just yet. At either end of the court, for that matter, you know, even defensively, I think despite it being a low-scoring game yesterday, you know, they were still a little bit vulnerable and struggled with some pretty simple pick-and-roll plays from Denver. And, you know, offensively, we know how much that they've struggled, not just last night, but in games prior as well, to really find consistency scoring the basketball. Their scoring droughts are just becoming a regular theme. And, you know, when you're coming to a place like Utah, you don't really want to be having any scoring droughts if you want to hang around with this team, um, the Jazz obviously an absolute juggernaut, regular season juggernaut. I think you know, I've said it many times on this show that I do believe they'll be the best regular season team in the NBA. Uh, my number does come out pretty much with Chris at a minus eight. If you adjust for the schedule spot, it probably does push it to a nine, just over a nine. So I was kind of on market at opener. I'm not surprised it's gone in favor of the Jazz at all. Uh, almost want to bet the Jazz just out of spite, but <laughs> I haven't done that yet, and I'm not sure I will. I think it's still the right side, but you know, if I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit, I think the Pacers' defensive identity does hold quite strongly against what Utah offers, and that they do a really good job closing out on the perimeter and limiting three-point opportunities. They don't give up a ton of wide-open threes either, which is also hugely important against the Jazz. They do funnel people inside, and they have that, you know, terrific rim protection in Miles Turner, even though I don't think he's necessarily played to his expectations this season. But, you know, that that sort of identity about how they defend does, on paper at least, match up with what Utah's probably going to do offensively. Um, whether they can execute that in a manner that's actually efficient is obviously another question altogether. And then the flip side of that is, do you really trust Indiana to be able to score against one of the best defenses and to do so at a rate that'll keep them within that number? My answer, obviously, is no, because if I had to pick a side, I'm going with the Jazz here. Um, I wouldn't mind a Jazz team total over as well, most likely. I think that's a decent look just because, you know, I think Utah's going to be the one that pushes the tempo. And for them to cover, I think there's a correlation with them going over that team total. But overall, it's a pass. If I had to pick something, I'm going Utah. This is a similar spot that we saw the Jazz in two nights ago on Tuesday. They were a nine-point favorite over the Hawks and the Hawks were on a back-to-back as well. They ended up winning the Jazz, that is, by 12. So I'm hoping for a similar outcome tonight for my sake. 
Uh, so official picks, I'm the only one with a play on this one. I am taking the Jazz double-digit favorite, minus 10, and a pass for Chris and Josh. Our last game before the day, short slate here. Miami Heat are playing once again. They played the Lakers last night, so keeping things in L.A., they're playing the Clippers tonight. Clippers are five-point favorite, totals 211.5. The Heat lost to the Lakers in overtime last night. Jimmy Butler went down with an ankle sprain, so he is out for tonight. And so far, the Clippers have pretty much been carried by Paul George. He's averaging 26 points per game, eight rebounds. Josh, this is a no play for you here tonight, though. Why is that? Uh, purely because of where the market is right now. So I did get in on the Clippers at the opener at two and a half. Um, I was willing to play up to three and a half. I'm a little bit surprised it's gone as high as five. And I'm not sure if that's because betters are assuming that more people will be sitting for Miami, which is certainly a distinct possibility, whether it's Bam Adebayo or maybe even Kyle Lowry gets some rest here today. Just looking at the minutes that a lot of those starters had to log yesterday in that OT game, most of them played over 40, close to 45 minutes. And that's coming you know, off of a tough trip in Denver prior to that, and this being not just the second of a back-to-back, but a three and four for them. So it is an absolute nightmare spot for Miami. I wouldn't be surprised if more people sit out, and I wouldn't be surprised if the market is moving in anticipation of that happening, because it's a pretty big jump from the opener, given that we already knew that Jimmy Butler wasn't going to play. So I, you know, saw value up to three and a half, and I can't see any value at five unless we get confirmation that some of these other guys do sit, in which case yeah, we can start adjusting for that and making a case that there is still value on the Clippers. I think that's the right side, though. I don't think there's any way you could back Miami in this situation, um, even at an inflated number like this. I think the Clippers' defense has been terrific for the past couple of weeks now, and that's probably something that's gone a little bit under the radar. Like you said, they have been dependent on Paul George offensively to get going and to you know be putting up upwards of 26 a night in order for them to be competitive. It's that defense, though, that has been really impressive. And if they can continue to put their best foot forward at that end of the floor, it certainly sets up you know, that offense, I think, as well to play off of that and to not necessarily have to do as much heavy lifting in order for them to catch Ws. Clippers are looking for their sixth straight win tonight. I'm not sure many of us would have thought they were going to rattle off uh, sixth straight with the way they started the season. But the Heat started the season very strong, one of the top teams uh, right out of the gate. And everyone was talking about the Heat. They were the new favorite to, you know, be a contender. Chris, why might there be some confirmation bias tonight? Is that a concern at all in, in just how much people talk about the Heat and how much, uh, you know, love and, and maybe not press, but attention that that Heat team gets? Yeah, thanks for loving that question to me, Gates. I just wanted to bring this up in the spot. It's just something we have to think about in sport. I mean, we have to think about it really in life every day, right? Confirmation bias, in, probably most of us know what that means, but just what that means is we tend to seek the, the information and the opinions that agree with what we already think, right? So uh, we already have internal biases, so sometimes we search for things to just confirm that, right? And we, and we literally know that algorithms exist in businesses, social media, to just confirm our biases all the time. So it's 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 just an increasing thing in our culture and society. That being said, today in this game, I found myself doing that. I, I just really liked the Miami Heat. So like I, I liked their mentality. I liked that they were waiting in the locker room after the Denver game, you know, for the Nuggets. <laughs> you know, they're just they're 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 a tough team, they're a blue-collar team. Even without Jimmy Butler, this is still a really talented lineup. Uh, that being said, I just I, I just felt like I had to kind of check myself there, right? Because we're all guilty of that 
confirmation bias seeking. Uh, and even though I like the heat, there's just a lot of things going against the heat in this spot. I mean, you know, of course the spot is really bad, a tough spot, late game last night. I know it's not a late game on the West coast, but they're still on the West coast. So it's still in LA, but they do have to face Utah at Utah in two days. So this is a really tough sandwich spot in between two tough teams. You know, they lost last night. That probably doesn't feel good against the Lakers team that I don't think is very good. So they didn't, you know, they lost Jimmy early, but still just not a great look. And this is a Clippers team, like Josh said, who I'm, I'm going to rattle off some stats here. But, I mean, they are have been really impressive on defense. And, and you're right, Josh. It's kind of just gone quiet on that. Like, no one's really recognizing that. Uh, opponent shooting percentage, fourth in the NBA. Defensive efficiency, third. Opponent floor percentage, second, which is scoring percentage divided by a possession uh, percentage. Opponent fast break efficiency, eighth on defense. Opponent true shooting, fifth. And a really interesting stat, fourth quarter opponent points per game, first. The Heat, we've seen them kind of like die out in the second half of some of these games. They have to be tired now. I don't know if Bam's going to play in this game. That's been some, you know, there's been some chatter about that. I don't see anything saying that he's not going to play. But it is a really tough spot. For a team like the Heat here, that you know they've been on the road a while, um, and and the Clippers are just quietly playing well. I don't like that they're. I'm, I'm going on a little rant here, so we could split this up if we need to. But uh, I, I don't like how reliant the Clippers are on three-point shooting. So that that's something I like. I mean, if they have a bad three-point shooting night, this team is going to lose. Uh, they just. I mean, they're already top ten in three-point attempts uh, again this year, but they are a top ten in three-point percentage as well. So that's the one thing that concerns me. This is a heat defense that can definitely, you know, challenge them at the perimeter. Uh, you know, with Jimmy Butler out, makes that a little more difficult. But uh, I think I think the Clippers are the right side here. I just, you know, I wanted to bring up that point about confirmation bias because we all do that, right? We like teams. We favor teams. I clearly don't like the Lakers and some other teams this year. But sometimes we're going to have to jump on them. And, uh, I, but I just don't think this is the spot for the Heat. We talk about the Heat being such a great defensive team, and they they are, and to start the season, they were fantastic. But in the last few weeks, they've gone from allowing 100 points per game to 110 points per game. So that confirmation bias right there is we still think the Heat are the best defensive team in the league, and they are very good, but their defense has taken a step back within these last few yep. games or weeks, uh, which is something that needs to be considered. And, yes, and yes. I forgot to mention, Kate. Yeah, I forgot to mention. I should say this because I know there's not a graphic for it. But official play for Chris is uh, Heat team total under 103.5. I think you can actually get that 104.5 in some spots too. But, of course, I bet U.S. I think it's still 103.5. Um, so I'm, I'm still going to play on that because I, I think even if the Heat show up, uh, you could also live bet on that. I mean, if they play well in the first half, I think they could really lose steam in the second half. And the Clippers have been really good at shutting down teams in the second half. So... It's a, it's a low number, but I think it's the right side. I'm going to play officially under 103.5 for the Heat. All right, official pick for Chris there. We have a question about this game, so we're going to keep it right here. The Heat double overtime loss, no Jimmy Butler in this game. How much do you put into that line, Josh? Yeah, for sure. I think adjusting for those sort of things is kind of the hardest part of you know making your numbers in a game and I guess putting weight behind it and everyone's going to have their own system to do that. For me, Butler probably worth about two points to the line. I think it's 2.2 by my numbers, to be exact. Um, When you're looking at the schedule spot on a back-to-back, normally I think that's obviously built into a number, so it's hard to necessarily go against what the market has there. But when you're upping that a little bit more and you're talking about a back-to-back off of an overtime game, 
that's a different story altogether. You know, you're talking about guys that are logging uh, five extra minutes, which might not seem like much on paper, but I think we all know for anyone that's played sport, right? Five minutes of competitive uh, basketball on top of the 48 minutes played is is certainly draining to say the least. So I think quantifying that into a number is really difficult um, and probably something that I think is part of a wider scope conversation that I don't want to take up the next 30 minutes going into. But in terms of players, yeah, I, I can say Jimmy Butler for me is worth probably 2.2 points. So you, you know, you, let's make it two points to the line, which is why I think we saw that opener of Clippers minus two and a half. I think a pick would have been fair price if Jimmy Butler was in uh, and the situation was the same otherwise. So that's probably all I can offer there. Chris, maybe you've got a little bit more insight into how to weigh the scheduling spot for them off of an overtime game. Yeah, I have a lot of like strange intangibles that go into that too. Like the Heat are, are less of a, to me, the Heat are, are less affected by things like that. Typically, they're just, you know, more of a naturally motivated team. They have good leadership you know, blue collar mentality. Uh, but, but, you know, there's still, there's still some uh, difference. You have to, you have to change it a little bit for that spot. I mean, it's a really, t- especially with the look ahead spot with the jazz too, right? I mean, it's just, it's just not ideal in any sense. Uh, Jimmy Butler is a little closer to three for me, just because of some of the intangibles, like I talked about that he brings like in leadership, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, it, all these things go into the lines and that's what makes it, that's what makes it tough, right? When you're looking at your own models and you're making your own adjustments day by day and player by player, right. In a lot of these spots, um, you have to trust it, but you know, you have to also adjust the way that you do it sometimes because, you know, we, sometimes we put more faith in teams than we should. And sometimes we don't put enough faith in teams and players than we should. Well, also uh, keep an eye out for Bam Adebayo. He's still questionable and that line might move even more um, if he is out for this game. Official picks for this game, though. Chris is playing the Heat team total under 103 and a half. Look for it at 104. You might be able to get there at um, some places. Let's take a look at our best bets for today. There's only a few. Very short slate. Josh is playing the Toronto Raptors plus three. I'm on the Jazz minus 10. Chris's pick right here is not up, but he's playing that Heat uh, team total under. That is all we have for you all today. Thank you so much for joining us. If you liked the show, we would love it if you would leave us um, a like, comment, or subscribe to the channel. We would appreciate that, and we look forward to seeing you all tomorrow.